Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Good playlist today. So give me the lesson on those guys. So uh, Grand Pooba? Grand Pooba used to yeah. be the front man for a group uh, early late 80s, early 90s called Brand Nubian. Okay. Yeah, and I've heard of Brand Nubian. We've listened to Brand Nubian on this show. You have. So uh, the, their first album, he was kind of the front man for them and then kind of went solo. And uh, a very talented guy, but just uh, a bit of a narcissist and thought he was bigger than the world. And uh, didn't have as much commercial success after he departed from Brand Nubian, and Brand Nubian went on to have more moderate success than he did as an individual. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Rajib Subrug is preaching here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. Did some quarterback carousel, some off-season style stuff uh, from around the NFL. Talked some NBA as well. I, can I just give you a side note as, sure. as we're doing musical history? Hip-hop, music, the genre yeah. that most of us love or at least can bop our heads sure, to even sure. if we don't know who it is, um, turns 50 this year. Crazy. So so where do you trace sort of the, how do you say, origin point back to? I mean, are you like a Sugar Hill gang? You think that's totally. like... Totally. Sugar Hill gang, yeah. Double Dutch gang, the whole nine sure. yards. Um, cool, uh, who was the other one? Grandmaster cool Herc. Cool Herc, yeah, Grandmaster the Treacherous Flash. Three, Grandmaster Flash, and the Curtis Furious Five. Flood. Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow. Curtis Flood's guy created free agency. Totally. Couple sweet Curtises there in the mid seventies, right? A, Curtis Conway, USC. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it came from um, the inner cities. People would just go to the park and play ball and kind of hang out. And what a lot would happen would they would just take one song and loop it over and over. Sure. And guys would... Different people would come rap? They would literally rap sure. over it. Not what we know today, but it would just be more like, almost like an alternative version of spoken word. And then, mm. you know, some guy would be like, well, I can I can rap better than him. And then, like, rap battles would happen, and then guys would form groups, and the groups became... Posses became groups, and the groups would get signed, and then here we go with the birth of hip-hop. Um which is why in the early the early stages there were battle raps and guys would sure. you know diss each other because that was the origins of how parts of the 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 the, the hip hop tree started and then guys became personas and supergroups and branches off trees and 50 years later here we are got to love it you're here for the sports talk, but you're also here for the education. Thanks, Raj. Appreciate that. Uh, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff in the first hour. If you want to find anything about it, uh, you can always check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by the M Store and the uh, MSU Bookstore. Uh, if you want to stream the show, you always can. Station website, 1029ESPN.com. Want to be a, uh, a part of the show, 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And uh, you can always watch on SWX Montana Television or the ESPN MT app. Off mic, we were talking about the Big Sky Conference as a whole. <laughs> and I, I know, I know, I know. I, I You can't change it. It is what it is. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to change my mind into analyzing the league 
based on just this year. Because every time I go to these games, I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm like, man, the league has regressed significantly. The big sky in men's hoops has regressed significantly. It, it, it just it just has. And, I mean, I could give you a million different reasons. I already We already have done this on the show several times, so I'm not going to waste it just in terms of uh, making Friday about the positivity instead of the negativity. But, but it, what if it's the reality? No, it's the reality for sure. And I think there's tangible reasons for this. Like, this is not... It, most of the regression of the big sky is because of the state of affairs in college sports, sports in general. Period. Not really because of. I, I think the big sky on the men's side is completely caught in the middle. I think because some of the if you're one of the best players in the big sky, you're going to transfer up, and if you're if you're trying to replace quality players in the big sky, right. you're going to go get a whole bunch of guys that are trying to transfer down, and so then I mean like this year. I, we did our, our, our mid-season Big Sky Conference Awards earlier this week. Andrew and I did. I couldn't come up with a freshman for freshman of the year in the Big Sky so far this year. Because there are, no, there are no standout freshmen because everybody in the league used most of their recruiting resources to go get transfers. transfers. You look at the top 25 scorers in the Big Sky right now, I think 18 of them are new to the league and 21 of them were at one point a transfer. Montana State's the defending league champs. They've done a great job of building a, a team with a ton of chemistry, a, bu- a bunch of continuity. Guess what? They start five transfers. Eastern Washington, they start almost nothing, nothing but, but transfers. transfers. I mean, they got, they got the... Uh, the kid who was uh, the uh, the freshman of the year from a year ago, that's a homegrown guy. But it, so, again, I, I and this is not the fault of the Big Sky Conference. It's just really hard to compartmentalize. Like sometimes I'll turn on a big Monday and there's Oklahoma playing and Tanner Groves, who was the MVP of the, of the league, is playing in the Big 12 now. That's part of the reason why the league has gone downhill because the guy who's supposed to be the best player in the league is playing in the Big 12. And it's what creates parity, but also it, it goes back to where big, the Big Sky Conference is and where it is not. And right sure. now, it's just it's in limbo, Coulter. Like For it's sure. just it's it's in well, limbo. And the other thing is that we've seen here is we've seen the rich get richer. Yes. The Power Five is so rich for college. It's ridiculous. And there's only a couple teams that are actually really in the mix. What, what would you say? Maybe, maybe. 12 to 15 teams actually have a chance to be in the four-team college football playoff. That's going to change when it expands, which is going to be good for the game. True. But maybe five. <laughs> but there's not that many teams that are in the actually in the true mix to win a national championship. Everybody is chasing this handful of teams in, in college football. Well, then in college hoops, most of the Blue Bloods are at schools that either haven't heavily invested in football. They're reconciling themselves with just being good in basketball, like Duke. Duke, North Carolina. Kentucky. Although Kentucky has been actually kind of good at football the last couple of years, but um, so it's either the, the teams that are the schools that are thriving in basketball right now are Power Five squads that are either at institutions with so much money that it's almost impossible to fail, but also the, just being in the Power Five and we'll, in the in hoops we'll call it the Power Six because the Big East is is a prominent yeah. conference in in men's college hoops. Mm-hmm. But what does the Big East have? They got a bunch of basketball powerhouses that don't have football, mm-hmm. so they're thriving. Because they're not, they don't have football. Why is Gonzaga killing it? They don't have no football. football. Why does the West Coast Conference have multiple? Why is the West Coast Conference a two bid league, and the Big Sky is a one bid league where the winner is going to get a fifteen or a sixteen seed this year? Because they don't have football. football. So this is all about money. And so when I'm sitting here bemoaning the decline of the Big Sky, I'm not trying to say, oh my gosh, these schools are doing such a bad job. I actually think the schools are doing a good job, and they're doing as good as they can do. 
Uh, Weber State and Montana not being towards the top of the league is always going to give the Big Sky sort of a skewed lens. Montana State sort of being one of the powers of the league is something that's pretty much brand new that hasn't been the case since the Mm mid-90s for the Cats. And if Eastern's running it, it's just interesting because there's a lot that goes into that as well. Like Eastern can take different transfers. They can take more transfers than a lot of teams in the league. So I don't know. It just all sums up that I just I think that like right now I'm looking at the RPIs. The biggest guy is actually 25th in RPI as a conference, which I actually is. Who are the two, who are the four conferences above them? Who rise? So I'm, I'm, trying, to I'm trying to get it to sort like that. I, I can't figure out how to get this website to sort like that. But regardless. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be more like 28 to 30. I, mean, it's 32. I was thinking closer to 30. There's 32 te- yep. leagues that get automatic bids in the NCAA yep. tournament. I was thinking it was going to be lower than that. 20, 24, 25 in the two net rankings I'm looking at are actually a little higher than I would have expected. Um, so maybe the league champion is fast-tracking towards a 14 seed. I don't know. But it, it, it just it, it's just interesting to me the state of men's college basketball as, as a whole because mm-hmm. even the the top of the top programs the Kansases the Kentuckys the Dukes the North Carolinas they have all had to answer the question of which way are you going to go during this crazy time of basically open free agency. The, it, and the question will remain somewhat unanswered. For sure. What's going to happen, as anything does in sports, one team, one organization, one university or college is going to do something, yeah. and that will become the new mold and copycat, 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 sure. copycat. Because as we know, flattery is always the highest form of, well, uh, you know, it's, sorry, what I need more coffee, <laughs> obviously, folks. You know, it's, it's, it's. Once someone does something, establishes, everyone else will follow suit, yeah. and then they just stick around for five years, and then it becomes something else somewhere else. It, it, well, and I mean, Mike Krzyzewski was... Imitation is the highest form of flattery. 100%. Mike Krzyzewski was becoming... I mean, he was already, you know, one of the most veteran coaches in the, in Pe- the country. Yeah, of course. But I, I firmly think that when Mike Krzyzewski had... He had a model for about 35 years of recruiting four-year players yep. that were going to stick around forever. They're going to be their best when they're juniors and seniors and fifth-year seniors. And then he abruptly shifted to being <laughs> the master of the one and done. One and done. And went and got guys like Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. And then when those when he had teams like that that had two future you know NBA franchise-type players on the same team and they don't win the national championship, I think that's what made Coach K look in the mirror and be like, okay, I did it one way forever. I was ahead of it, and I switched to do it in a different way, and it's still not good enough. I got to get out of here. You know, I mean, I, we talked with Coach Selvig about this too, Robin Selvig. I mean, he was the head coach at Montana for 38 Forever. years. I asked him, "Do you miss it?" He's like, "Are you kidding me? I don't miss it at all. Not because I don't miss coaching. I miss coaching the kids. I would not want to be a part of this that's going on right here, right now." So uh, it is. It's just. It's just a. What way would you go about it? I mean. Because if you just try to build it on four-year players, you're going to be falling behind. But then it's also sort of like this ironic enabling attitude when you just go recruit transfers uh, all every offseason. See, I go I go opposite. I get my hands a little further into the soil, and I go after some of those two-star athletes that no one's looking at, that no one's talking about, sure. that would be more complimentary than starter material. And I will take five complimentary guys and have them become, two, you know, take them as two stars. Yeah. And by year two or three, they are three four-star players. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm very unconventional, very yeah. unorthodox human being as it is. But I, I, would, I would actually go back to the old school way and not always look for that 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 shiny that shiny uh sapphire but look for the diamond in the rough. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. I uh I'm hoping it is Nuanas now by the way. I'm hoping that 
Anand Moody, who's the the shooting guard for the Grizzlies right now. I hope he can be sort of a uh, a harbinger of things to come, so to speak, because he's a guy. He's a transfer. He is, but. One of the things that has changed so much, particularly think about Grizz men's basketball, but for both the Montana schools, has been recruiting the top-level Montana players. Mm-hmm. Now, we could get into the whole Raleigh Wooster situation. We're not going to go down that road. But Raleigh Wooster was committed to the Grizz, and then he ended up in the Pac-12. First, the Mountain West at Utah State. Now, the Pac-12 at Utah. But regardless, uh, for years and years and years, there was always this, a couple of the best players from Montana would go play for the Montana schools. That's not necessarily. Uh, the case anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, you wonder how much that part of it is part of the equation too, right? I mean, Arnold Moody, what I'm getting at is from a tiny town in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Was he like a surefire D1 guy coming out of high school? No, but he was the all-time leading scorer in the history of the state of North Dakota, and then he went and worked at North Dakota and then Southern Utah, and now here he is like a 15-point-per-game mm-hmm. score, dropped 26 last night. So what I'm saying is that after five years of college hoops, Small town guys can go make good in D one. I just think that those guys aren't necessarily getting the chance to develop uh, if they're in state Montana kids with the Montana schools anymore. I, I like what you're saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift the lens and kind of and kind of zoom out a little bit too, um, especially as you bring Montana State into the conversation, Coulter. I also say that basketball, unlike football. The way in which students go about their academic life has changed, right? So when I look at the University of Montana and what it has to offer their young students, the liberal arts schools that some of these, you know, more historically basketball schools are, are losing people because liberal arts is dying. Right. Totally. People want to get into engineering, architecture, nursing and all those things. And then look at the shift in the subject matter for the schools. And now Montana State's winning Big Sky conferences. Right. Sure. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, when liberal arts was more of a thing, it was U of M all the way. For sure. Right. And some of those other schools have that same nature. Society has changed what schools are able to produce as far as interest in studies. That's also taking away from where some of these young men and women want to go to school. Um, so there's, you know, just as we do every Friday, we, 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 we dissect, intersect, and, and add things on. Um, but that is also a, a reason that some of these mid-majors are changing because some of the majors in the university uh, systems are changing in, in America across the board. Well, it's now uh, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's talk Super Bowl. We talked a bunch of NFL offseason drama because everybody besides two teams is into the offseason. Yep. But we got the uh, the big game coming up uh, a week from Sunday. First of all, it's rehashed last weekend. What did you think of the of the championship? Because the, the NFC was so disappointing. Because once you got on the field, you could see the Eagles were the better team already, anyways. But then Brock Purdy getting hurt made it like just a complete runaway. It was it was it was, it was, it was pointless, and it was actually a really boring game. Uh, the other game though was a lot of fun, um, especially when you watch it with your ten year old son, who is a rabid like frothing at the mouth Chiefs fan. What a game. Uh, Despite all the injuries, Patrick Mahomes gutted it out, uh, as did Travis Kelsey. What a great game. Uh, Joe Burrow and company, they're going to be back there for years to come, you know, especially if they can keep contracts somewhat under under the roof, so to say. Uh, I enjoyed the game, and I enjoyed the outcome of the game. What I'm worried about going into this other game is, Will Kansas City be able to show up? You lost three receivers and a running back, and you have a quarterback that's still struggling with a high ankle sprain. And I don't care how much sports you have in your blood or not, high ankle sprain is one of those you you fart, sneeze, or cough too hard, and you're back <laughs> on you're back in traction. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it was actually like miraculous that Mahomes 
looked as fluid and as mobile as he did last week. Oh my! I, I, like for people don't understand a high ankle sprain. It's it's one of the most mischaracterized injuries. Like I, I don't know. I guess I don't. I, I guess I'm perceiving that people hear high ankle sprain and they think that that's not that bad of an injury. Dude, it's horrible. It's a horrible injury. Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible injury. I mean. It, uh, the times I've seen it happen to players live, they literally cannot come back. No. Like, you're almost better off breaking an ankle. For, I mean, that like, is, in some ways, sometimes a, a high ankle sprain is sort of a breaking of your leg. Yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's pretty pretty bad. So we'll see if the two weeks off can help uh, Patrick Mahomes. It didn't hurt him. No, for sure. Uh, here's some matchups for the Super Bowl. We'll have more. We'll have a full uh, big game preview for you on Monday with Coach Marty Mortenweg and, uh, of course, some Super Bowl stories as well because we are uh, blessed to know a guy like Marty who's coached in multiple Super Bowls. Um, but I think that that's going to be the, the one that the, the national media starts with first and foremost is Patrick Mahomes playing in his third Super Bowl. How healthy is he? But also how much is that experience and advantage? I guess like a guy like Jalen Hurts who's been unbelievable, phenomenal, one of the best players in the NFL this year and his poise – and his charisma has been the thing that's boosted up the rest of this Eagles team to play with so much confidence and so much ferocity, honestly, especially defensively. Uh, that's going to be the main storyline, though, because I think that the the lean is going to be, oh, Mahomes has been here before. He's won a Super Bowl before. This young kid, he's only in year two. What's Jalen Hurts going to do? I, I, I think there's merit to both, uh, to both inquiries. I think that... Uh... If you take experience as as the indicator of how to deal with adversity and the flashing lights and the pretty girls and the nice dinners and all that, it has to go to Andy Reid and company. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna take um, Patrick Mahomes out of the equation. Andy Reid is leading that. There's also the part where Andy Reid has also led Philly to its, some of its highest heights too. So like, for sure. there's a little bit 14 of years in 14 years. Yeah. You, you know, he's the all-time winningest coach for both franchises. So there's also like the Eagles are kind of yeah. Think about that. You like that? I did my homework. I mean, especially considering that these are not too like downtrodden. I mean, the Eagles have been pretty good. Andy Reid's, oh, yeah. Andy Reid's their greatest coach, probably it, hands down. Um, but they've been good. And, Maybe and Dick Vermeil. I mean, Maybe that's what I mean is they've had other coaches that have had, you know, marketed and uh, memorable careers, right? And, oh, totally. and so has, I mean, the Chiefs as well. So that's amazing that he's Buddy the, Ryan. Uh, for sure. <laughs> that guy. But I, I think that that's a factor. So, like, there's a little bit of the Eagle standing in the shadow, the monolithic shadow known as Andy Reid. Sure. The other thing is there's a bunch of those guys on that Chiefs team that won Super Bowl. It wasn't just... Patrick Mahomes. It was Patrick Mahomes' coaching staff. Spagnuolo's won Super Bowls with the Giants. Um, Bien-Ami. Eric Bieniemy, uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, a couple of the linemen. So, like, they're not going to be awed by the bright lights and the excitement of it. We've been here before. We're going to be here again as long as Patrick Mahomes is at the, at the helm. So I think that is a factor that weighs heavily to the favor of Kansas City. Um what I what what my biggest matchup is how does Kansas City match up with that defense? You got three right. guys with double digit sacks. They don't they don't blitz heavy. And what I mean by that, they don't have to blitz. No, they don't have to at all. You know, your your front seven is good, your back seven is good. Like right. James Bradbury and company is let's go. Like let's roll. Yeah, I mean Darius Slay's an all pro corner. Ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, which could segue into one of your next key points is, you know, how does Patrick Mahomes and that O line stand up against that ferocious pass rush? Um, especially if three receivers and a running back do not come back in time for the Super Bowl. And that's exactly right. I think that that's the uh, 
the key to the quarterback matchup is actually going to be the guys protecting the quarterbacks. The Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones, I thought that was the MVP of the AFC Championship game. Uh, yeah, that I, sack at the end of the game, I watched that over and over, and me and my son, it was great. If you go back and watch that game again, too, there was twice when Burrow got back to the line of scrimmage and Chris Jones still tackled him. So he, Chris Jones was officially credited with two and a half sacks, but he got home five times. <laughs> but it, also I heard another ridiculous stat. On 38 pass dropbacks for Joe Burrow, Chris Jones got a quarterback pressure or a hurry on 31 of them. 31 out of 38. That's dominant. But... Cincinnati's offensive line is much maligned and had been it's it's, it's a sieve at and, times and had been criticized a lot. Going back to the, the last Eagle, year, the Eagles are going to be much better on the offensive line. So uh, that's one matchup for sure. But then, like you're just saying, on the other side too, it's how does the Chiefs' offensive line, which has been good to great at times this year, I don't think it's as good as you know, say the Niners or um, even. I mean, I think the Eagles are one of the best in 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 football. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs are, are above average to, to great at times, and so how do that? How's that matchup go uh, with the Eagles' defensive front? Uh, that's a good one as well. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio. Uh, you mentioned just the monolith that is Andy Reid. Uh, see, it, to, to me, literally and figuratively no, speaking, no question. But to me, the uh, the coaching matchup is going to be one of the keys to this this Super Bowl because Andy Reid's coached in the Super Bowl. What now? Four times, I believe. And uh, Nick Sirianni has not. So, what do we think of that element? I mean, yeah, how, three times? Is it? This three? is this is the third Super Bowl for the Chiefs, but the Eagles made it to one as one. well. Okay, they, they that's did, what, okay. They okay, didn't okay. win. The Eagles made it to four conference championships and only won one yep. under Andy Reid, and then they've been to five conference championships with Reid and Mahomes, and they've won three. That's what it was. Okay, good stats there. Fountain yeah. of information. Yeah, yeah. So four total Super Bowls now for Andy Reid. Is that that much of an advantage over Sirianni though? You know, there's something I do in my trainings for work. We don't know what we don't know, That's right. right? And That's it's right. for this coach. He's like, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm I'm here for a reason. I'm just gonna I'm gonna Joe cool it the whole way, which is his demeanor, his 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 facade that he puts out there. I don't I don't think he's gonna be shaken or stirred. James Bond reference. <laughs> um, I think he will be okay. His players, I'm more concerned with um, being able to not react to the circus known as the Super Bowl. Um, when you look at some of those interviews that, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl, some of those guys are like, this is the greatest thing ever. And yeah. then, you you know, you, you're looking at what some of the Chiefs are saying, and it's like a totally different camp. Like, we've been here before. This, this isn't our first time here. Sure. So just, you know, it's an interesting observation. But I feel like that polarity exists every year totally. um, for teams. So Well, that's the thing I love about pro sports is so often when you're covering college sports, especially mid-major college sports, yeah. or you're covering high school sports, when the lights are the brightest, one of the biggest things you're watching for is does one of the teams fade? That hardly ever happens in pro sports at the highest level because to get there, you have so much swagger. Like, Nick Sirianni's not just going to wuss out in the Super Bowl. You oh, know what no, I mean? No, and, no, like, no. the Eagles aren't just going to no-show. Like, Jalen Hurts might get a little flustered by the action within the game, but, like, the mental preparation to go in, you're not going to see, like, a meltdown oh, no. in the Super Bowl. Oh, These no. guys are professionals. No. That's why they get no. paid so much money. No, it, it'd be fine. Um, you know, unless you're Thurman Thomas missing your helmet on the first play of the game, like <laughs> right. I think I think you'll be, you'll be all right. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me uh, here on your Friday. Uh, 
We are going to do a little blindside, have some fun here on the Friday. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Hip Hop Friday here on Nuanas Now. Welcome back. ESPN Radio. That was an Andrew pick, folks. That's right, dude. Nice pick, Andrew. Got a There's lot no of... dust on his hip hop collection, right? <laughs> Mine is still on like 45s, 8 tracks, and 33s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a little blindside here in just a little bit, but a couple uh, public service announcements for you. PSAs. First of all, the Grizz hockey team plays their last regular season home game tonight. Montana State at the Glacier Ice Rink. Grizz play at Montana State next week, or excuse me, tomorrow, and then next week as well because that'll be where the league tournament is at uh, over in Bozeman. So um, last chance to see Grizz hockey for the year before they're back uh, next September. So uh, if you want to go down there, great. If you can't make it down there, you can find the call. Jeff Safford on the mic um, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as on the ESPN MT app. And if you want a place to watch the game, other than the app... My living room. <laughs> you can go check it out at Buffalo Wild Wings. They got uh, beer and wings and burgers and all sorts of fun stuff, and they'll have Grizz Hockey Game on tonight and tomorrow night. So if you want to go hang out at Buffalo Wild Wings, please do that. Also, uh, the recent winter weather, I bet you the snow up at Lost Trail is awesome. Go check out Lost Trail on Mondays. Epic Monday. Half-price lift tickets. Uh, you're also going to get dollar-off draft beers, dollar-off kombuchas. So... Um, Lost Trail, more information, losttrail.com. Lost Trail, go for the snow. All right, let's do a little blindside. What do you got for me? You hit me first, Okay, I'll, I'll hit you first. Um, how, first of all, how much have you been paying attention to the NBA at all? Dude, I'm so over the NBA. Isn't that funny? I'm so over it. It's just like, I'm sorry, I'm tired of watching grown men not play the sport. It's... I'm, it's 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 I'm just over it. it. That's the part that's become so peculiar, is the regular season's very long, but still you kind of know exactly the teams that can actually make a run at a title, and so then the teams that and, and the teams themselves know that too, and so then you have so much. Load management, quote unquote. Will you hold on? Will you plug Andrew sure. in? He's in there. Sure. I can see the mercury rising in this yeah, brother's yeah, what's face. Up? What's, what's up? up? Sorry, I, I, I'm not looking at you behind the glass. What's up? But who is that this year, Coulter? Who is the team that you know is going to win the title this year? This year's NBA has so many great storylines. Well, that's the thing that I, see. That's what I wanted to get into is that I look at the Western Conference standings, for example. The Denver Nuggets are four games out ahead of everybody. They are in first place. The yep. Memphis Grizzlies are uh, in second. The Sacramento Kings, baby. They're in third. Relevant for the first time in three decades. Luka Doncic and the Mavs. I'd say two decades. Early 2000s. <laughs> My bad. I'm yeah, old. Yeah. I can't add. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Mavericks are in fourth. The Clippers are in fifth. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves in sixth. The Phoenix Suns are in seventh. The Utah Jazz eighth. And the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, are in ninth. See, this is the thing that's so interesting. 
of all those teams I just named, I only actually believe that the team in fourth, the team in seventh, and the team in ninth could actually win the West. I think that's just a problem with your viewpoint on it, Coulter. The Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies are really, really good. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them won the title. And and the thing about the West is it's so packed this year. I think the East, the top four, are all real title contenders, right? So, so, um, first of all, I think that probably it's not even the perspective. It's just the fact that uh, Nikola Jokic has proven that he's an outstanding and elite and maybe even all-time great regular season player. The Nuggets got to prove they can do it in the playoffs. If they do, though, that'd be a great news story. The Memphis Grizzlies also, like, they're so young. Uh, John Morant, is he ready to take his game to that level? That would be awesome for the NBA if that's the case. I I think the Mavs could definitely win the title because I think Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the world. Absolutely. uh, and I think the Warriors, if they can get it figured out, get back healthy, they could be a team that could make a run. But they got they got to get up the standings. You're not going to do it as the uh, six, seven, eight seed. You got to be maybe six, but you got you got to be up, 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 home, five and above. Home court advantage and and all of that uh, is big time uh, in in the NBA. But I think also though, you made an interesting comment about the East earlier. I think it's funny though because the East I don't think is as deep as the West but I actually think that the three teams that legitimately absolutely could win the NBA title are the top three teams in the East the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers oh easily I and, and I also think if the Brooklyn Nets deal Kyrie Irving and they keep Kevin Durant they could also be a title contender as well because I actually think they're better without, without him without Kyrie Irving. I, I agree I totally agree it's a it's an attitude shift all the nonverbals are very Different, uh, so to say, when he is on the court. So I guess what's your question then, blindside okay, okay, master? So I, I just wanted to, to to stir up the NBA. Oh, okay, all right. So here's here's my question for you, though. Yes, is it good, bad, or indifferent for the state of NBA basketball that, and more importantly, the state of basketball in America, that two of the great players in the league right now? are two guys from Eastern Europe, Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. I, I think it's great. It's just, I hate to say it, and I'm probably going to get rocks thrown at my car. It just shows you where America is not in just so many different areas. Like, um, when I look at the numbers of, of uh, basketball playing in schools, is dying. It sure. is dying. Yeah. From middle school to high school to, like, it is yeah. it is dying. Well, I think part of it, too, is those guys don't play an Americanized type of game, and that's part of what makes them great. Because they play a more of a team-based uh, type of basketball. Americans, it's all about the bravado, the one-on-one, totally. I'm better than you, my sneakers are nicer than yours, my girlfriend's cuter than yours, that helps me get three extra assists a game. In these other countries, like, the, the, the entitlement factors aren't there. Totally. Like, while you're practicing basketball in Kosovo, you also got bombs right outside <laughs> sure. your right, right outside your gym. You know, like, you, your country's fighting civil civil wars, so when you're on the team, on the floor with your team, you're playing. Totally. You're, um, for reasons. Different types of reasons. I always harken back to the great Luka Doncic's article in Sports Illustrated from his second year in the NBA. And he had a great quote where he was like, I find it so funny the way the, uh, that Americans try to analyze my game because people always say that I'm slow and I can't jump very high. And he's like, but that I was taught to play basketball that that doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. he's like, it doesn't matter if I'm quote-unquote slow. I go wherever I want on the basketball court because he's got great pace. It's the same thing with Jokic. I mean, he's got 
what, like a 14-inch vertical? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because positioning. Credit card hops. I mean, for, for real, but, but positioning, spatial awareness, getting to a spot, beating to a spot, seeing the floor, the way he passes, the way he plays out of the high post, the way he shoots, the skill. Let's All look at the, that the, historically. The 14-inch vertical doesn't matter. Drazen Petrovic, Dirk Nowitzki, sure, totally. like uh, 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 Giannis, like look at some of these players that have uh, Yao Ming, yeah. uh, that these uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, like yeah, these yeah. these players that uh, play a other sports but play it on an international level. They play it differently. Um, I like I like that game. Um, these guys are also taught, uh, you know, in other countries to play more of a team sport and less about the individual. And Amer- in American basketball, it's all about the dude. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. All right, what you got? Anything good? So, shifting gears, we talk <laughs> a lot of basketball, sure. all that stuff. Let's talk some boxing, right? Okay, interesting. Boxing in America is a dead sport. And the reason why is boxing in America... There's a lot of reasons why, but yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons why. The brutality, the violence, Don King and company killed it in the 90s and early aughts. But it seems America's only interested in boxing when... An American is a heavyweight. Mm. It doesn't matter. You can have an heavyweight American champion, yeah. a heavyweight champion. You sure. can have a welterweight, super flyweight. No one cares about those classes in America. When you have a heavyweight that's an American, America loves boxing. With that being said, why is that, Coulter? Um, more of a just a, a curiosity question for me. But the blind side is, who is the last American to hold a heavyweight title? Oh, baby. The last American to hold the heavyweight title... Well, the Klitschko brothers had it for like a decade plus. Locked down. Uh, Anthony Joshua almost united the titles, but he's British. Um, Deontay Wilder, I think, had a piece of a title one time. I don't know if he's ever a United champion, but he's he's a United States. He's from the U.S., right? Is True. that the answer? No, it isn't. Is it more recently than that? Tyson Fury's not from here. He's also from your Heavyweight, heavyweight class, John Ruiz. Interesting. Oh, because he's from America, even though he's of Mexican descent, Bingo. right? Yes, yeah, sir. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a lot that goes into it. I think that um, – I actually don't think the violence is as much of a part of why it's gone away because we still see such fervor for football, but also for UFC. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think part of it is that it became – Promoted, over-promoted, promoted ad nauseum, and also priced a bunch of people out when it went to almost exclusively a pay-per-view model. That and people were tied to, and I, you know, Donald Trump and Don King owning boxing. Like, it, it, they made it yeah. sort of a farce of what it, what it was. Um, the judging situation also hurt oh, it as well. Well, that and also the expansions of belts. Like, how many WBOs, WBAs, sure. WWWFs, and, you know, LMNOPs are you going to have? It, 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 it became a watered-down thing. I also think a lot, a lot of it is the gravitation of some of our best athletes, both Americans, but also just worldwide as well, away from boxing as well. I mean, imagine if Joe Lewis or George Foreman would have Grown up in the 90s or the 2000s. Those guys were playing defensive end in the NFL, Oh, man. To- oh totally, totally. <laughs> like, Actually, imagine what Khalil Mack would have been like if he would have grown up in 1940 instead of now, right? Like, he he just would have been a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, he would have been a Hall of Famer, probably. But Aaron Donald? Like, what's Aaron Donald if he's born in the 20s? He's not playing he's in the NFL. He's George Foreman, which, by the right. way, I George can't Foreman's taller, wait. but yes. I can't wait to see that movie about George Foreman. Is there a new gonna... one out? Oh, yeah. Oh, See, George well, Foreman's fascinating to me. There's, I'm going to send it to you. I have friends in the film industry who send me these like clips and stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's going to be legit. 
I think the other part about the demise of boxing goes hand in hand with the demise of traditional sports writing, particularly on a, from a newspaper platform. Mm. Because some of the great sports writers used to go encamp themselves with the heavyweights, and they would write stories sort of dispatching from training Co-sell. camp. Cosell. And in and, and commentary as well. And yeah. just everybody would hype it. But the instantaneous nature of it, of our media now, it hinders legend building. Do you know what I mean? It does. You don't. Like get if you got a dispatch coming out of Muhammad Ali's camp once a week, you're building this crazy legend, and then oh, we're gonna see the champ. Right. This right, big reveal right. when he's the, gonna. It almost lathers up the moment. Uh, totally. And, yes, and, yes. and you can also like, you could romanticize the sweet science of boxing so much in the Truth. written word, mm-hmm. whereas like there's just not that much analysis you can give in a social media or a radio or a podcast platform. I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I, I like that, and I would also say uh, as we use this medium, uh, radio was such a big promoter of boxing. Boxing yeah. was the one thing that you could actually listen to on the radio and kind of visualize. Oh, for sure, um, radio. I mean, baseball and base, yeah. boxing. And I sure. think that as as aspects of radio died, so did the attention for boxing because it went to the pay per view. So when it yeah. went away from this medium of being used sure. and went to a hundred dollars for for boxing, you know, to yeah, sit in your right. own living room, people kind of was like. I, I, they weren't into it. They just weren't into I it. I also think if there was a a heavyweight champion of the the star power and the charisma and like the dominant uh, element, like Mike Tyson was, mm-hmm. that that would draw people back to boxing too, American or otherwise. There mm-hmm. also just hasn't been that captivating of a figure. Tyson Fury was knocking on the door for a minute, for a hot minute, like for real hot hot. Because he's a very he's a very strange and eccentric. Eclectic and eccentric. The last heavyweight heavyweight title fight I ordered was when he fought Tyson Fury. It was like 2019. It was the year before COVID. Yeah, I watched that. And his uh, his walkout where he had like the weird guy with the veil over his face doing this weird dance in the camera, and he was like this weird Middle Eastern type music. It was so bizarre. And then he comes out, and he's just such a character himself. And I don't know though. It's it's a great conversation because you always come back to this conversation because I do think. When you talk about the, the the sort of origins of obsession of sport in America, it's only really been about a hundred years. That as a as a maybe maybe early nineteen hundreds, but like truly, when people had the actual disposable income to have sports become entertainment, nineteen thirties on. That's like nineteen twenties in the nineteen thirties. That, that's, that's about it, right? Yep, yep. And so it's only been about a hundred years, but it, it is crazy that the two, actually, probably the three sports that dominated the American. Consciousness and the Amer- and captivated America. Baseball, boxing, and, and horse racing. Probably. Oh, uh, you know, I'm and all, say yes. and all three are dead. Not even. I don't know about dead, but significantly mm. less exposed and popular. Fair enough. They've been mellowed yeah. for lack of a better word. Totally. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Who knows what we're going to talk about for the last segment? <laughs> That's the best part, Rajim Seabrook rolling with me. What up? Coulter Nuanas. We're back after this. Keep it here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. 
is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Chris Paul at the Clippers. What a memorable and unforgettable time. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for the tunes. Andrew, Hip Hop Friday here on Nuana's Now. Just a couple minutes left here, but thanks for hanging out with us on your Friday. Rod James Seabrook hey. is in studio with uh, me, Coulter Nuana's. Appreciate all of you for tuning in and appreciate Rod for riding. Love you, bud. Shotgun here today. Love you too, man. Uh, news bit from yesterday. The in this uh, never-ending world of elongated eligibility, a couple Grizz super seniors will be now <laughs> super-duper seniors. Chris Walker, who uh, was already, I believe, a fifth or even sixth-year senior as an offensive tackle last year for the Grizz, and then Nico Ramos, who spent a couple years at Princeton, a couple years at Cal. He'll now have spent a couple years at Montana after uh, his time here is done. He was their kicker last year. Where are we at with just the return of these guys? It's funny. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it because on one hand, it's like, okay, experience is a good thing. Older guys is a good thing. It's an advantage, whatever. But also, it's like at some point, when you move on to the future, when you start developing the younger guys, I, I don't know. Where, where are we at with uh, super seniors coming back? Uh, I, I, I got a year of eligibility left. I'm <laughs> put, put, put me in, coach. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, the world is different. COVID, red shirts, medical, gray shirts, all of these things um i'm not sure if 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 the kids want to play college football and he's 32 years old let him play like it it is what it is um next one word four (laughs) letters next like good for them they get to play and 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 the maturity may help some of those young bucks out so one more uh nba question lebron james now 89 points away from breaking kareem abdul-jabbar's all-time scoring record uh, I got it on a betting t- I made a bet in December that I thought LeBron would break this record on February 9th. So here we are on February 3rd. So I'm getting closer. I got six days. So I don't know if you, I don't know how many games they have between this uh, today and, and February 9th. But I think I, four. I'm hoping that uh, he he can break it at home. So we'll see. He's averaging 30 points per game this year. So I don't know if uh, if he's got four, that is 120 uh, points. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll see. We'll see how close I can get. But I, I'm I'm banking on it. Um, what do we think of this? LeBron James becoming the all-time scorer. I mean, it's almost inevitable at this it's point. It's inevitable. Um, you know, he's been in the league so long that it's it was it was for sure. You were just counting down. Um, it's always hard to kind of do the compare contrast when guys have had such an elongated time in the league, and then you know the different nuances and defenses back then versus now. Um, so it's always an interesting perspective to engage in. But records are great, but they're also meant to be broken uh, for all the right reasons. Uh, it's kind of cool in our lifetime to to see this because we didn't see the beginning of what was then Luau Cinder to later become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's totally. career. So for, you know, most of us in our, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 20s to see the emergence of a once-in-a-lifetime transcendent play in LeBron James break such a monolithic record is is kind of cool. Um, you know, whether you hate him or or, 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 or love him, it is kind of cool to kind of see it. I can't believe that people hate LeBron James. Well, I mean, I guess people hate on everything. Every right? people hate me. People hate you. Like it's just people hate for <laughs> people hate 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 hate. Right? <laughs> well, I love LeBron James. Yeah. And I love all you people listening. I love you. So I, I love you back, brother. <laughs> um, 
I love haters, too. Keep uh, me going. Big weekend of hoops here in Missoula as yes. well. Missoula Hellgate hosts Helena High tomorrow. That's two top five teams in AA. And then we got some crosstown action coming up as well. I, I believe Helena Capital's in town. Don't quote me on that. But Helena Capital and Big Sky play tomorrow as well. Yep. I can't remember if it's in Helena or Missoula, but that's a, a one to watch as well. Big Sky, certainly one of the surprise teams, but also one of the surging teams in the West. And then tomorrow night, uh, the Grizz men will see if they can capitalize on a little momentum. They got their first two-game winning streak in league play, and they got Northern Arizona coming to town. Don't let Northern Arizona's 2-8 and eight record fool, fool you. Ya. They lost to the buzzer in Bozeman on uh, Thursday. They lost to the buzzer to Portland State. Uh, they've lost two other single-possession games, and they've lost two more times in overtime as well. So NAU is as close as you can be without getting over the top. Uh, but we'll see if the Grizz can carry uh, some momentum. Also, uh, it is going to be the N7 game for the men tomorrow. So N7, a uh, initiative sponsored by Nike to raise awareness and give homage to our native peoples, not just here in Montana, but all across the country. The women's jerseys last week amazing. were amazing. They were so sweet. And so they'll have the, uh, the, the Grizz men will be wearing those as well. But some notes on the N7 initiative. Fort Peck native Sam McCracken is uh, the guy spearheading this thing. He's a longtime Nike employee. And then Benji Headswift, who is a uh, member of the Northern Cheyenne tribe, he's the guy who created uh, this logo for uh, the N7 initiative. So pretty cool. If you want to go check out these jerseys, you can uh, check them out at uh, the M Store, Shields, and the UM Bookstore, several of our great supporters uh, here at Nuanas. Now, uh, Raj has got to go. We're almost out of here, but he's got a doubleheader tonight. Good luck uh, to the little man, Quentin, and uh, have a good Friday night, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks for always having me. I'll see you next week on my birthday. Can't wait. I expect big gifts and shiny bows, size 15, waist 40, like 34. (laughs) You know what's up. Gotta love it. Uh, We'll be celebrating a birthday next time you see Raj, and uh, we'll be talking about a Super Bowl, a preview of it on Monday next time we see you. So uh, we'll see you at 4 o'clock on Monday. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, have yourself a phenomenal weekend and be good. This has been Nuanas Now. Peace. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 Dot com.